And it's com- it comes from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. So hear these words now. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ and with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just, he, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption, through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to praise of his glory. If your schedule is flexible, we hope that you'll work in popping out at Teeter. You're welcome to join us for the Lebanese uh, worship experience we have there as well. And if you happen to be around last year, you discovered that John Wesley has so much material, he shared almost two completely different messages here and there, which I guess shouldn't surprise us because he's preached 40,000 sermons, I believe. Yes, yes, 40,000 sermons. Traveled 250,000 miles by horseback. Uh, or if you just want to go home, change, grab your dish, and show up for the picnic as well, that's an option. So show up around 12-ish, and we'll enjoy that. We've got lots of things for the kids. It's going to be a great day. It looks like great weather. Now, I'd like to introduce John Wesley, who has uh, changed the world uh, in many, many ways and continues to do so uh, through us. Let us hear John Wesley. the people called Methodists this day as we've gathered to worship, I hope you discovered, did you not, that we witnessed an amazing experience this morning, not only this marvelous choir, thank you so much, my brother Charles would be proud of that song, he really would, thank you, but also these little ones receiving the Holy Word. Every morning, parents, you feed them. Every noonday, they are cared for at your schools, I'm told. And then every evening, you mothers or fathers who are saying, oh Lord, what am I going to feed them tonight? I want to remind you, parents, we gave you the best food they will ever get this morning. You see, it is a great spiritual blessing to have an opportunity. And boys and girls, I hope you will treasure this Bible. I hope it will be something that you will use, not just treasure it and put it on your little table, 
but that you will treasure it so much that it will become a part of you. For as I have learned now, lo, these many years that I have been walking with the Lord, I've discovered that the Lord is walking with me also. And all those things in that one book that I have read for years and years, they dwell now within me. Nothing is attributable to me. It's, it's not because of what I've done. It's because of the blessings that God has planted in my heart. So I hope, dear friends, grandmothers and grandfathers also, even if they are not your children, they are your children. Amen? I hope you will know that you have witnessed a great experience. Now, would you join with me in a moment of prayer? Teach me, my God and King, in all things thee to see. And what I do in anything, to do it as for thee. For thee, O Lord, for thee. Amen. Well, many of you know much about me. I will just briefly say I'm the son of an Anglican priest, the grandson of two Anglican priests, and the great-grandson of an Anglican priest. So the last thing I wanted to become was an Anglican priest. The men especially in this group understand that, but... There was this time in my life when I was younger than these third graders, in fact, boys and girls. Third graders, hold up your hand so I can see where you are. Okay, here and here, okay, okay. When I was younger than all of you, an amazing thing happened in my life. I had an experience where, I can't tell you, I have not the time, I wish I had an hour, I could tell you the whole story, boys and girls, because you would, well, you wouldn't love it, but you would understand it. And suffice it to say, the short version is that someone set our home on fire. Someone set the pastor's home on fire. Please, please, please tell me you will not do that to your pastor's. But it was so for the Wesley family. They set our home on fire. My sisters, seven of my sisters, my two brothers, they all got out safely. And there I was in a second story upstairs, peering out the window. The flames were behind me. Down below, I could see my mom and my daddy. And I saw my mom fall to her knees and pray. I'm sure she thought, that I was going to die in that fire. She began to pray and my father looked almost paralyzed with fear as I looked in his eyes and he could just but whisper the words, I love you, son. And then a brave and stout man, a man much taller than we Wesleys, hoisted another man upon his shoulders and the the man up on his shoulders said to me, raise the window. I had never opened that window, but somehow by God's grace, I was able to open that window. And then I heard the voice of this man say, jump, Jackie, jump. I will catch you. I jumped into his arms. 
And ever since then, spiritual blessings have been coming my way. I looked at myself, I thought about that so many times, and now I'm an old man, and I'm still taken back to that six-year-old boy. And I look at myself and say, I am a brand plucked from the burning. I was saved for some reason. I knew not what, for what for many years. But then in God's time, in God's way, God revealed it to me. That I was blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. It is not only so for Mr. Wesley, but it is so for all of you. Blessed to be a blessing. I hope you just forgot to light the candles today. Did somebody just forget that? I, please tell me you don't do that every week. This is the symbol of God's spirit, God's power. So I hope I'm not embarrassing whoever it is. I just want to remind you how important it is that God's light be. And oh, here's, come here and light these, Pastor. Will, will they not light? Oh, Lord, please help these dear souls. Please help them to find two candles to symbolize the light of the world. I'm sorry, Pastor, if I embarrassed you. I meant it not that way. I simply want to say to you, dear sisters and brothers, the fire is a symbol of God's fire and power in you. Well, I guess I've done it again. I've often said, God sets me on fire and people come to watch me burn. Oh, it could be said about you. All of us, not just some of us, not just the preachers, not just the paid religious, but all of us. You see, because the inheritance of God is given to all of us, to these little ones who receive Bibles, to the little ones in your nursery, to the oldest of us. I talked to this dear old lady of 94 years, still cares enough about God and her church to be here. You see, God's love is here for all of us. And God's desire is to touch our hearts with his blessings. Now were I to begin enumerating all the blessings that have been a part of my life, I would still be talking at midnight tonight. And were I to be aware of all the blessings that have been in your life, I would be talking until midnight tonight. You see, God is so good. His mercy is forever. How many times have you sensed God has pulled you out of the miry pit that the psalmist declared? Is it not true that there have been many times you've prayed, Oh Lord, I know not how I'm going to pay this bill. Oh Lord, I know not how I'm going to complete this work. Oh Lord, I know not what I'm going to say to those who are employed over me. Oh, God, I know not what I'm going to say to my children to explain something to them. Only to discover that God's love and grace is so immense 
His love is so wide and all-encompassing that there is not a soul in this room whom God has not already loved, redeemed, and blessed. Which then causes me to ask of myself and of you, dear sisters and brothers, why do we not act more like it is so? Why is it only when some preacher rubs our noses in it that we begin to contemplate how totally, how absolutely, comprehensively God's love envelops you and me? Tis not a morning when you arise that God has not breathed into you the breath of life. Amen? Amen? amen. Now, if you say amen, I'll quit quicker than if you don't. Amen? amen? I thought you, I knew the choir would especially. There is not a morning when you awaken that God is not already saying to you, I love you, I've given you the gift of this day. There is not a difficult decision which you must make which God hasn't already given your keen mind the ability to discern. There is not a struggle, a pain, a grief, a loss that you have endured which God will not also give you the strength to endure. God's love is great. His mercy is forever. His blessings are from generation to generation. And his hope and gift to you is that you are blessed. Amen? Amen. So I hope if there's nothing else you take from Mr. Wesley's words today, you will go home and look in the mirror and say, I am a blessed person. Not because of anything you've done now. Mind you, it's not about us. It's about God. Now, we can do a lot to increase our blessings. And we all know those who live in such ways that they detract all the blessings that God would have for them. But it is precisely important to say that these spiritual blessings are from God. I've often preached from Genesis 1 about God's creation and that he has created us in the image of God. If we are created as gods, like God, looking like God, being like God, then we are blessed. And then as we begin to understand that out of that creation also comes the choice, you see, that's the big argument between we and the Calvinists, they think we have no choice. They think God's already chosen for us. Tis not so. Do not be convinced by their arguments. We are those of free will. God gives us the ability and the power to choose to be loved. To accept the fact that we are already accepted. To know that we are loved despite the fact that we are unlovable. And if you think you are not unlovable, ask your spouse to be honest with you. So we are created within the image of God, imago dei, 
I'm so glad my mother was a Latin teacher. We were created in the image of God, but we were also sons and daughters of Adam and Eve, and so we had the choice and we chose sin, and we have gone our own separate ways. I know that in my own life. You know it in yours. I don't have to spend any time telling you you're a sinner. It is my privilege to tell you that God has the remedy, the remedy for sin, and that's his grace and mercy. See, you, you see, we Methodists are big on grace. Big on God's forgiveness. Big on the willingness and the desire to know and understand he loves just you as you are with all your warts and your problems, with all your selfishness. And did, did you not know that the word sin literally means one's selfishness? And yet God loves us. And he loved us so much, he sent one like us, Jesus, our Lord. And in Jesus, we discover that we are forgiven and empowered to work the works of righteousness. I'm so glad to see that you're going to feed the hungry in your community. I'm so glad that you have a comprehensive, continuing effort to do that. I'm so grateful that God continues to work in your life. I'm so grateful that his love is showered upon you. Spiritual blessings? Of course. I gave the young children an assignment for the stout of heart. Now I give you one. I know most of you won't do it. I'm no fool. But... For those who do, twill not do any harm to Mr. Wesley if you do not do it. Twill only harm yourself. So choose as you will. Here's my little assignment for you. Before your head hits the pillow this evening, take a few moments, take a writing instrument and a piece of paper, and simply write... God's blessings to me. God's blessings to me, or God's blessings in my life. And if you're like most of us, some minutes later, you will still be writing, and you may fill a whole page and then another as you begin to count the many blessings that God has for you. And so we, we have so many blessings. But you know, God's greatest blessing, I call it, I call it, I do know of Mr. Adam Smith, the economist, so I, I've heard of that, but I call it this way, God's greatest blessing is that we are blessed to bless others. We are blessed to bless others. And you know what I have learned in my life as we have fed hungry, as we have clothed naked? You know, do you not, we were the first to visit in the prisons and hospitals. You know, do you not, that we built congregations, not so people could get their Jesus only, but so that they could change their communities. Did you not know that we Methodists are the ones, you know I sent Francis Asbury here to your country in 17 and 71, 
He and Brother Coke came. They, I was there when they left Fort Pill in Bristol, and I sent them here. Brother Asbury never returned home, I'm told, but he spent his life traveling the length and breadth of your then colonies, sharing the love of Jesus, and now I am told there are several millions of you, all because a few faithful souls came to spread God's goodness. Can you imagine how Brother Asbury has been blessed? It is the same with you and me. As we pour out the gifts of God, and God has given each one of you gifts. I, I know your church works on that, helping you to discover what are the gifts which God has entrusted to you. If you have them, not talk to your pastors, and they will be glad to help you discover what gifts God has created you. You know, I've talked to many thousand souls. I've never found a single one that did not have gifts for God and for good. Well, preacher, you've told me I've got to sit down. I know it's time. We've got another place to go preach. I've got to ride a horse in. No big deal for me when I ride 5,000 miles a year. If that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. <laughs> but the really big thing is, how is it with your soul, dear sister, dear brother? Have you become so insulated and isolated from God that all you can think about is what you are going to eat and how you are going to entertain yourself and how you are going to enjoy creaturely comforts today? Oh dear, you know what the scriptures say about Hedon and Mammon. I need not go into that. But what I do want to remind you about is how God has blessed you. How God has blessed you. Your life, your family, your friends, your work, your thinking, your praying, your acting, your doing. God blesses it all. But I must say, all that God blesses is so. But I believe God blesses the most when our hearts are on fire for him. And when we pray, O oh Lord, how can I be your instrument of peace, of love, of mercy, of hope, of strength to a person in this world who knows not your love and grace? You don't have to give them some sermon. You don't have to preach to them. Just show them by your smile, by your words, and by your deeds. Just remind them, as others have reminded you, that you are loved. <laughs> that you are loved. Now, were I to have another time, I might tell you all about what it means to grow in that love. But suffice it to say now, in this moment, God loves you unconditionally, eternally, with all that God is and has and does. God loves you. There's not a person in this church, there's not a person here today 
whom God does not love. Now again, that's because of who God is. So would you pause with me now as I offer thanks for all these blessings. Almighty God, in whom we live, move, and have our being, we thank you so much for your love and grace, for your gift to us in Jesus, that we have an example, a model, a redeemer, a savior, a blessing, whom as we follow him, we find the way of life and hope and strength and endurance. So whatever these dear folks need this day, oh God, give it to them in this moment. From your rich abundance, pour out mercy upon mercy. And may we arise and go from this place in the knowledge that your blessings are quite enough quite enough for all that we must endure for the sake and in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and all of us together say, Amen.